Hey everyone, how's it going? This is Dan Schultz, and this is episode 98 of the Basketball Dan podcast. Thought I would do one, being that the NBA Finals are upon us. They start tonight at 8.30. The two teams that made it were the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers. Starting right off the bat, I think a lot of people saw the Lakers getting to this stage. Obviously, LeBron James and Anthony Davis... Uh, probably the best combo in the league right now. You could you could make a case that Anthony Davis is actually better than LeBron based on the way he's played this postseason. Not a lot of people, I would say next to next to nobody saw the Heat getting this far. I think everyone saw their ceiling as like second round, maybe conference finals exit at best. But I'll start off by talking about uh, the Heat. It's one of the best coaching jobs I've, I've seen in a long time. And I've said it before on this podcast. I remember back when Eric Spolstra, who is, by the way, the second longest tenured NBA coach next to Greg Popovich. Hard to believe. Um, but I remember when everyone said he was a bad coach, when he had LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh back with that uh, big three Heat era team. And I remember sticking up for him, saying, no, he's not, he's not a bad coach at all. Like... But everyone was like, oh, no, LeBron's real. I mean, wherever LeBron goes, LeBron is, is the coach and all that stuff. And that's that's been true for some situations. But I never got it was true for Miami when he was there. Because Spolstra does have a disciplinarian streak to him. And I'm just I'm waiting for all the people that said he was a bad coach to uh, apologize for, for that. Because the coaching job he did getting this team, which I've said before, outside of Jimmy Butler, who... You can make a case Jimmy Butler is a little overrated right now. His leadership is obviously huge and important, but you look at his like scoring per game, it's like around 20 or 21 for the postseason, which is like fine, but it's not to a level of like, you know, 30, 35, but it works for this Heat team. But outside of Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo is the only other like real star, if you will, on this Heat team. The rest of these guys are, are role they They have developed this team around really those two guys. I mean, you got guys like Duncan Robinson, Goran Dragic, uh, Tyler Hero coming off the bench, dropping a 37-point game in the conference finals. The way that Pat Riley and Spolstra put together this roster and the way they've been able to get the most out of their role players specifically, a move like adding Andre Iguodala midway through the season, even though I still don't like the way he left the Grizzlies and I thought he could have been more professional about it. Um, that was huge, getting him that veteran leadership and keeping guys like Udonis Haslam around just to be a voice in the locker room as well as in, in the huddles. You saw him talking to the, the Heat in those huddles. I just really, I really like this Heat team. Uh, the Lakers, on the other hand, I mean, they were favorites since day one. Um, you know, personally, uh, I, I, will, I will never root for them just because I'm a Spurs fan. Uh, I will always root against them. That's just my bias at hand. But then getting to the finals, it's not its not entirely surprising when you consider Anthony Davis and how good he's been as well as how, how good LeBron has been in, in year 17 that he's been in the league. In terms of my prediction for this series, I have the Lakers winning in six games. I, would, I will be rooting. Every ounce of my being is going to be rooting for the Heat to win. I'm going to be rooting for the underdog as opposed to the favorite here. But... Um, I think the fact that the Lakers are a little more top-heavy and have more star power, even though we've seen this before and the Heat have been able to topple those teams, but 
you throw in the fact that the Lakers are going to go all out to try to win for Kobe and the story that would be for the NBA, I, I think the Lakers are going to win this series in six games. So um, I will say in terms of wrapping up the season, if you will, and I'll talk about other topics, but the NBA did a heck of a job pulling this off, knock on wood, um, with the bubble format. We'll see what happens next year or really this year um, in terms of like when they're going to start again. The rumors I'm hearing are, are January. Uh, so we'll, we'll see about that. Um, one last thing in terms of the, the Lakers heat thing. Uh, one of my friends asked me last night, if, if LeBron wins his fourth title, where do you put him all time? My answer would be, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to think about it because as much as I hate to, to say this, like there is an asterisk element to this title a little bit. You have, I mean, that's just whether it's the heat or the Lakers winning, you can make the case, Oh, come on. All these teams are in the same kind of, situation together, which is true, but some teams definitely had moment, more momentum at that point in the season when coronavirus uh, uh, postponed everything. You have, to, you have to consider that at some point. Like, you know, a team like the Bucks that was just rolling, they, they never really looked like themselves in the bubble. Um, again, not trying to make excuses, I'm just saying that's got to be factored in as well. With that said, I would probably put LeBron at number two all time. Right now, I have Michael Jordan and Kareem over him. I don't see LeBron ever being the best player of all time. I've just never, I've never seen a killer instinct in, in clutch games outside of like, you know, I saw him fall apart in the 2013 NBA Finals before getting bailed out by Ray, Ray Allen. That happened. That's not even me being biased. That happened. I remember him getting saved by Ray Allen, and everyone, and for the most part, everyone that's not a LeBron diehard remembers that well and will acknowledge that. You know, um, that Heat team in 2014 against an old Spurs team, they had no business losing in five games. And, you know, the rest of the finals he's been in, he was up against stacked Warriors teams and all that. I get that. But again, let's not act like he didn't have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love and he didn't handpick that Cavs team too. So he's jumped around from, from star team to star team throughout his career. Um, and that has to be considered as well. With that said, I'll probably put him at number two, but I just, I don't see anyone beating Michael Jordan. Six to zero in the finals, you know, if LeBron wins, this finals will be four and six, uh, which, you know, is not as bad sounding as three and six, but it's not great. Again, I'm not trying to sound like a hater or whatever. I still, I'm, I'm saying he's going to be number two at worst, number three. I don't see him ever being better than Jordan. Um, I just, I don't know. I consider a Jordan way more clutch and way more important games. But, hey, maybe LeBron in these finals will hit some clutch shots and change my mind. Not to say he's never made clutch shots, but it just hasn't come at the same stages as consistently as Jordan did it in the biggest stages. So that's my argument. One other thing I want to talk about is uh, who, who the next coach of the Sixers should be. I know I have some people that listen to this podcast who are Sixers fans. And uh, early in the week, it looked like it was going to be Mike D'Antoni, which, I mean, it still might be, but I don't know. Uh, I just don't understand why, why like, what the, what's the appeal with that guy? What has he done in, like, 15 years of coaching? His small ball lineups worked very well with Steve Nash and Sean Marion and Amari Stoudemire. Hey, it worked well with the Rockets, too, up until late, but he's always one of those coaches that flames out in the playoffs so far. This he's, he's never been to a finals despite having guys like James Harden and Chris Paul uh, when at their peak. And then 
one of those Suns teams should have made the finals. I mean, you know, especially that team with, like, Joe Johnson, who was, like, a stud, Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion. I mean, one of those Suns teams should have made at least the finals. And I just he, – he is clearly a coach that is all offense, no defense. I mean, he, I shouldn't say no defense, but, like, very, very little defense is coached by him. And you're going to need defense – the bigger the games get, especially in the playoffs. So I just don't understand what the Sixers are doing. Like, and, and the rumor is that if they hire him, they're willing to make changes to fit his system, maybe trading Ben Simmons, who can't shoot, you know, for, for a, a player like James Harden that they're hoping that D'Antoni could learn, which also makes no sense because James Harden has also disappeared in the playoffs too many, many times. Um, I just don't get the Sixers' logic here. I think the... I've, I've been saying Kenny Atkinson since day one. I don't understand why no why he is not being mentioned in any, like, coaching rumors anymore. Like, did, did Kyrie and KD blackball him this badly? I thought the job he did with the Brooklyn Nets was really, really impressive. Why is he not being mentioned at all? But if it's not going to be Kenny Atkinson, now with uh, the Clippers letting go of Doc Rivers, he's got to be the obvious choice, right? I know he blew a 3-1 lead, and I know to the point of D'Antoni – uh, in the sense of Doc Rivers has also had a lot of talent, and he's only won one NBA championship. You could make the case with the amount of talent he had, he should have won two or three or four. And, you know, coming off a 3-1 lead that he blew, yeah, that's that's not pre- – but at least he's a disciplinarian. At least he can hold those guys accountable. I never felt like Brett Brown did that with his players, and D'Antoni definitely won't do that because he's a coach that just wants to be liked. I think the Sixers are going to – Go ahead and hire Tyron Liu, uh, who they interviewed uh, yesterday, according to rumors, which I, I am not a big fan of Tyron Liu, personally. Um, but I won't be shy. I mean, who knows? It's a toss-up. It looks like it's a toss-up between D'Antoni, Doc, and Tyron Liu. And um, if the Sixers hire Doc Rivers, I see Tyron Liu being hired by the Clippers. And then D'Antoni, I think D'Antoni might actually end up with the Pelicans. They have, they have a system that might fit his more up-tempo, youthful kind of style. That actually might make sense for him. But again, I, you know, I, I just don't see that guy winning a championship. I mean, he's, what, 67, 68 years old. He's been in the league for 15 years. His offensive schemes are great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to sound like a hater. But I just I think the fact that he doesn't emphasize defense at all, combined with his past playoff success with his stacked teams, I just I don't believe in that guy getting you to a title. Doc Rivers at least has won a championship. Granted, you can make the case he should have won more, but he's won a, a title. Tyron Lue has as well, but I, I've all that was a situation in which I thought LeBron was the coach of that team. Maybe I'm wrong. That's just always what I what I felt and what I what I thought. Um, so I really hope the Sixers hire Doc Rivers. Uh, I won't be shocked if they go with Lue or D'Antoni, especially if they think they can get Harden. Um, Sixers management has just not really impressed me recently. And uh, this is almost like a little bit of karma for what they did to Sam Hinkie four or five years ago, running him out of town when he was granted his, his whole uh, trust the process era had flaws along the way, but he deserved a chance to, to see what see the ultimate success of this team and, and reap the benefits of that. So you can make a case. It's a little bit of that as well. Um, the Lakers did defeat uh, the Denver Nuggets. One player who I, I still can't make up my mind about, and I'd love to hear feedback on this, is Jamal Murray. Is, is he a star or not? I can't tell. 
Because we saw, like, in the final few minutes of, I think it was game game four, LeBron shut him down. And he's had some big games and all that stuff, but I just don't know if he's a he's a player that can get you to the, the finals. Granted, he's not the best player. Nik- Nikola Jokic is, is still the best player of the Nuggets, but I, I'm still uncertain about, about Murray. I mean, he is definitely a shoot-first kind of combo point guard type. And, uh, you know, I mean... He's had, he had some impressive games in the bubble, but I just feel like I feel like he's being overrated just a little bit. Again, I, I could could be wrong about that. Maybe he comes back next year and proves me wrong, gets better and all that. But um, I don't know. For whatever reason, I, I also wouldn't be surprised if all the success kind of goes to his head and uh, he kind of has a down year next year. We'll see. I mean, I, I, I like the games he put up in the playoffs. I just, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, my gut is telling me, you know, that maybe this isn't sustainable. But we'll we'll just have to see on that. And then the other team I, I wanted to talk about briefly, the, uh, the Boston Celtics and kind of where they go from here. Gordon Hayward looks like he's going to pick up his player option. That's an easy decision for him. Uh, he's really never been the same since his ankle injury. He's still fine, a pretty good player, but, like, he's not the star the Celtics thought they were getting. It's, it's no one's fault that injury he had uh, was horrific um, a few years ago. And obviously, if I were him, I would pick up that 33 million player option, no question. Uh, but yeah, um, they had a they had a pretty good run. I think they were probably more talented than the Heat. It's it's too bad that they couldn't get farther. And I think one thing you got to look at with the Celtics moving forward, their forwards are fine, their guards are good. Like Kemba and Marcus Smart, that's a that's a great mix of of gritty defense and 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 you know. Uh, tough and 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 uh, you know efficient offense, if you will. Kemba's the the shooter, smartest defender. I like that guard combo. I love Jalen Brown. I love uh, uh, why am I blanking on oh Jason Tatum. I think the real thing they need to fix, and Celtics fans have been saying this for a while apparently, and understandably so. Why is Daniel Tice still the starting center for this team? He's not a bad player. Don't get me wrong. He's a fine role player, but. If the Celtics really want to take that next step, I think you got to look at improving uh, that position in particular. Because Tice is okay. He does his role and all that stuff. But for as much talent that the Celtics have, and granted, they are still young and everything, even though Kemba's getting a little older. Marcus Smart is like, what, 26, 27, maybe a little older than that. Uh, Brown and, and Tatum are still very young. But... I think Danny Ainge might want to consider uh, getting more aggressive with trying to upgrade that center spot, as well as just their overall depth. Um, you know, which is which is their their depth is okay, but I'll be interested to see. Danny Ainge has proven himself to be one of the best GMs in the league. You can make a case that he might be the best general manager in basketball. So I would look for him to try to be aggressive, trying to upgrade that center position because. I mean, the main reason is Daniel Tice could not guard. Bam Adebayo got whatever he wanted in that series, in that conference finals. And if they had kind of an enforcer, maybe they keep Al Horford for one more year and and the Celtics are in the finals instead because at least, hey, Al Al Horford has his deficiencies, but at least he plays really good defense still for the most part, especially against bigger guys. Um, We'll never know, but I think that's one position that the Celtics will look to improve this summer. They should. I still like their team going forward, even though they bowed out in the conference finals. Uh, you know, so we'll have to see about that. I'll, I'll wrap up by 
saying, uh, yeah, I, I really hope the NBA season after it concludes with the NBA finals and all that, I hope it comes back around. I think Christmas time would be ideal, but it, it sounds like it's not going to happen until January at the very, very earliest, which makes sense. You want to buy yourself as much time, hopefully for, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but some kind of vaccine, some kind of hope on the horizon that uh, we can not go completely back to normal, but normalize things to some degree, if that makes sense. Um, whether it's the vaccine is right around the corner or we've kind of gotten a grasp in terms of how to include more fans in the mix. Because make no mistake, these sports leagues are, are losing a lot of money right now not having fans. Um, I think Christmas time would be a great time to start if things are normalizing around that time, but I don't see it happening. So I would say like early January, something like that. And then it's just going to be a little bit of an uphill battle for the next couple of years, trying to get back to that normal NBA schedule, that October through June regular season. They're going to have to get a little tricky and creative, but Hey, I have confidence in them after the job, the NBA and uh, Adam Silver did with the bubble and all that stuff. So um, yeah, overall uh, really good, really interesting season, but the NBA, uh, they put they put together a blueprint in terms of how to pull this off. So the NFL season, we'll see if they're able to do it. Um, my favorite team, the Tennessee Titans, had uh, some staff and players test positive for Corona. So uh, I think they'll still be able to go on. But, yeah, I've been very impressed with how the NBA was able to pull this off. So here's to a healthy NBA Finals. I'll be rooting for the Heat. As said, I have the Lakers winning in six. Hopefully I'm, I'm wrong in that prediction. I would love to be wrong in that prediction. And uh, as always, thank you for listening. The Basketball Dan podcast is available on Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, and Spotify as well. So as always, I appreciate you guys listening. If you could take a second to rate and review the podcast, I'd really appreciate it. And um, hopefully I'll be back soon to do another one of these. All right. Thanks. Bye.